can be seated. You know, the last time I preached, I had three people walk up to me and tell me, man, we sure love when you preach. I said, well, you know, when I get up there, I do what the Lord tell me to do. They said, uh-uh, because we know we're going to get out on time. <laughs> like I burst my bubble, man. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was a man when they said that to me. But I come to, to give you a word today <clears throat> that I've received from the Lord. And I'm praying that it won't fall on deaf ears. Because when the Lord gave me the message, and my wife, she'll tell you I struggled all week long of what to pray, I mean what to preach. And um, when he gave me this message, I've read it over and over and over and over. And I'm praying that you don't allow it to fall on deaf ears, that you'll listen. Okay? All I want you to do is just listen. If you want to say amen, that'll be all right, too. (laughs) But anyway, here we go. Acts 20, verse 7 through 9. And it reads like this. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Everybody say midnight. Midnight. Oh, boy. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, everybody say long preaching. preaching. Now we got midnight and we got long preaching. (laughs) He sunk down with sleep and he fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. I want to preach to you today on this subject when the church falls asleep. I want you to tap somebody with your elbow that's next to you and tell them, wake up! Thought you'd get a kick out of that one. You know, uh, we got a lot of people, when people start preaching, they fall asleep. It ain't happening in here today. I'm watching. I'm letting you know. But anyway, I find this story kind of interesting because Paul was like a lot of the preachers that get up here and in other pulpits. He knew that he was leaving the next day. And so everything he had to say, he tried to get it in in one service. We got a lot of preachers today, especially those who don't preach all the time, when they stand in the pulpit, everything that needs to be said, they try to get it in in one, just one service. I want you to think about that. You come in here, you stand up in the pulpit, and you got five messages. And you think I'm kidding, ask any of these gentlemen. You can have five messages, and you're going to take something out of each one of those messages and put it in this one message. And that goes from 30 minutes to an hour to an hour and a half. Not realizing that when you look out in the audience, somebody already doing this. Matter of fact, they're doing that when you start. 
Because I want to now I want to I want to touch base now on with the story. I want to go to the story. Now, there's two things I want to point out to you. And these two things never mix. And I want you to write this down. They never mix. A good meal and long preaching. <laughs> and I'm praying today that nobody in here has eaten yet. Because today I'm going to be long-winded. Hunt your neighbor again and say, wake up. <laughs> now, <clears throat> first of all, I would like to celebrate this young man. Because this young man could have been out in the streets doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. But the word of God says that he was in the church. This young man was sitting in the church. Now, I'm going to point out a couple of things to you now. They tell me when you're preaching, they said, you got to make three to four points and then get off of it. I don't know about all that. I'm going to try to make three of them today. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm making them. So I'm getting ready to make the first one. Let's go back to what the word says. The word says that this young man fell asleep. That means that he got comfortable where he was at. He was comfortable in what he was doing. Where he had gotten, the place that he had gotten in the church, he had gotten comfortable. And see, that's a problem when you're coming into the church. See, that's the problem with the church today. The problem is when we come into church and all we got to do is listen to the pastor preach all the time, guess what happens? We get comfortable. We get comfortable where we are. And there's a danger in getting comfortable. There is a danger in getting comfortable. Because when you get comfortable, you tend to want to, the things that you could do in the church, you tend to brush them off on somebody else. When you're called to do something, see, these things happen when you get comfortable. When you're called to do something that you can do yourself, all of a sudden, it's not your problem. Because you got so many other people in the church that can do them. Oh, well, you know, I don't have to do it. Brother or sister so-and-so will do it. See, you're comfortable where you are. But it's a danger in getting comfortable. But let's look at the danger in getting comfortable. When you're comfortable, things stop happening in the church. Ministries start to suffer in the church when you're comfortable. Now, I know that most of you in here are running small groups and whatnot, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing what the pastor has asked you to do. But are you comfortable doing what you're doing? Have you gotten comfortable where you are? See, when you start getting comfortable in what you're doing, other things start suffering. When I go into a small group, and I, and, I'm, and I hate to get off on the small groups. I know I'm not in one of them not right now. But when I, when I go into a small group, I like to see a mixture of things. I like to see people being led by the Spirit. I like to see people's problems being solved or, or, or talked about or, or somebody, you know, uh, uh, opening up in praise and prayer. I like to see a variety of things. But a lot of times when we go into a small group, people have gotten comfortable 
And you know what they're doing? They put the food in front of the spirit. Y'all know I'm talking real. Don't think for one minute that I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't think for one minute that I haven't visited. I know this is not my job, but I'm going to tell it like it is. Let's not get comfortable in these small groups. Because when you're comfortable, nothing's being added to the group. There's no people coming in. You see the same old faces all the time. That's what happens when you're comfortable. When you're comfortable, you don't, I mean, there's no uh, prayer before, before we start service. When you're comfortable, you just come in, you kick off your shoes, and you go right to where's the meal. And if somebody does decide to, uh, to open up and say, hey, look, let's, uh, let, let's, let's, let's give God some glory, it's only for a minute. That's what happens when you're comfortable. See, this young man had gotten comfortable where he was at. See, now, I, 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 I'm one of those type of guys, man, that I don't like comfort and I don't like change. I mean, I love change. I don't like comfort. You know, me and my brother, I got a brother, Cash. Stand up for a minute, Cash, so they'll know who you are. <laughs> Stay standing. And our wives will attest to this. We have air conditioning in our vehicles. Neither one of us use them. It could be 90 degree heat. It could be 100 degree heat. I'm telling you the truth. I thought I was the only one. And a couple of weeks, last week, I found out that he does it too. Because we don't like comfort. Because when you get comfortable, nothing gets done. Nothing gets done when it's comfortable. Ministry starts suffering when, it's com- when you get comfortable. So we're going we're gonna to do a little bit better with this comfort. All right? So from now on, I'm just going to offer something to you guys. From now on, when you go into your small group, I want you to tell the small group leader, I don't want to be comfortable. Turn the air conditioner off. Now, let's get back to I was just kidding. Let's get back to the story. Now, Eutychus, Eutychus wasn't a, Eutychus was, wasn't a bad guy. Eutychus was one of those. He was just like us. There was a problem, though, and the problem was where he was sitting. Point number two. Where you sit in the church can become a problem. Eutychus was sitting in the window. That means that he had one foot in the church and one in the world. He wanted to pay attention to what was going on in the church. But he also couldn't get his mind off what was going on in the world. So this young man was struggling where he was sitting. I'm going to make a plea to you today. When you come into the church Don't sit by somebody that's going to talk about what the pastor's not doing. Don't sit by somebody who's going to complain the whole service about who didn't do this and who didn't do that. 
find yourself somewhere else to sit. I've, I've noticed that my sister Rita, stand up, Rita, where's she at? Oh, I'm going to call them out today. Now, I'm not telling you that the person she was sitting beside at first was doing any of these things. I don't want you to get that idea. But Rita made a change. Why she made the change, I couldn't tell you. But I am going to say to you, look at where you're sitting. Sometimes you're sitting beside somebody that can't enhance your spirituality any at all. All they're going to do is talk about somebody the whole service. And by the time you get to a small group, your spirit is dead. Oh, they know I'm telling the truth. Your spirit is dead by the time you get to a small group. So this young man, he comes in. And he's sitting beside a window. His mind hasn't been made up. Because he's got one foot in the church trying to pay attention to what the preacher said. But he's also thinking about what he's going to do when he leaves out of the church. And it caused a problem. And the problem was he got comfortable and fell out of the window. Now, I want to go back to the food. Because I know y'all thinking about well, Relatino, the young man fell because he had just finished eating. No. See, let me, let me say this to you. Eutychus was like many of us. Y'all know how it is when your mom done cooked a nice meal of macaroni and cheese, collard greens, fried chicken, mm, 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 mm. ribs. Barbecued at that. Nice lump of potato salad. And on top of that, a peach cob. He was like many of us. He caught what's called the itis. I'm only telling you, he caught what's called the itis. And if you look around, some of y'all got the itis right now. So he was just like us. He was, he was no, when you look, when you're reading a Bible story, don't think that the person is any different than you are. They're not any different than your, their flesh just like you. He caught the itis. And when he caught the itis, he tended to get comfortable. And he got so comfortable that he fell out of the window. Now, my flesh is very, very weak. If my wife fix a meal like that, the worst thing you could do is put me in front of a TV. Don't put me in front of a TV with a big plate like that and a cup of a cold glass of iced tea. I'm not going to be any good to anybody. Don't call me. Hey, I shouldn't say this on. We being recorded. Well, I ain't going to say it then. No, sir. I ain't that brave, brother. So we have to not be, we have to be mindful of where we get comfortable and we have to be careful of when we get comfortable. He got comfortable in the church. We have to be mindful that getting comfortable in the wrong place can cost you your life. 
Getting comfortable in at the wrong time can cost you your soul. And I want you to think about this. The Bible tells us that if we, if God is coming back, when he said that and no man knows the day nor the hour, there's no time to get comfortable. You can't get comfortable not knowing when your Lord is going to return. Because God can call your name tomorrow. You've gotten comfortable and decided that you're not going to do anything in the church. I remember telling this story. I remember one time, and I'm going to come down here for a minute because I need to talk to some people. Johnny Jack, come up front for a minute. It's all right, Brother Joe? You know, this is my main man right here. I love this guy. Me and him had some talks, and I ain't embarrassing you, am I? Nah. Say it again? No. Okay, he said no. Me and this joker had some talks, and if I was just up here praying for him. And tell him what I just told you, if we was out. Um, if we was out in the, out, outside of this church. Yeah, you let me have it. Oh, I would let him have it. Verbally. Verbally, not physically. No, we ain't doing that. <laughs> it's all because I love him. Amen. And I see my brother struggling. I don't want this man to get comfortable where he is. Because when he starts getting comfortable, then he's not going to do anything for God. He's going to do it for himself. When you start getting comfortable in the church, things start to suffer. Ministries suffer, don't they? Yes, it does. When you start getting comfortable, bus ministries suffer. When you start getting comfortable, children ministries suffer. When you start getting comfortable, you ain't going out and do no outreach. It's not going to happen. We got a, a go program that uh, Pastor Joel's been telling you guys that Brother Tino is heading up. You know how many calls I've gotten? One. For Sister Lori Alders. One person. This is the third week Pastor Joel has said it. I've gotten one, one call. Are we comfortable? Are we that comfortable that we're not even thinking about the loss? How did you get here? Somebody talked to you. Somebody knocked on your door. Somebody rang, thank you. Somebody rang your phone. Somebody came past, took some time and said, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and I'm going to go talk to you. Aren't you glad that somebody talked to you? Aren't you glad that you're sitting in this church right now? I didn't hear anything. Okay. I just don't want you to be comfortable where you are. Because when you're comfortable, ministries suffer. I'm about a show of hands. How many of you are in a ministry right now? Get them up. Don't be afraid. You see that, Pastor Joe? You see who's in the ministry? We got some work to do, don't we? Well, let me tell you this. Everybody in here is in a ministry. Everybody. You're sitting on this seat, you're in a ministry. All you got to do is use what God has given you. If you can open up your mouth and you can talk, you got a ministry. Whatever you can do, you got a ministry. 
You need to use what God has given you. Now, Eutychus had, he had he found himself comfortable and he found a place to settle in and he got right, he got down and, and all of a sudden, like I see so many of y'all when I'm sitting on these seats. I ain't going to say nothing. I've done it every once in a while myself. <laughs> but guys, I'm not jumping and screaming. I'm not raving and ranting today because I want you to get what I'm saying. I really, really want you to get what I'm saying. I don't even preach like this. I don't do no talking. I like to get going and moving all around, but not today. It's not the time for it. We got a world that's going to hell. I could get out here, man, and I can jump up and down with the best of them. I can't do it today. All week long, all I've been thinking about is the lost. Us being comfortable inside of these four walls and the lost out there not knowing, can't find their way. But this young man inspired me because... Although he had gotten comfortable, he was still in the church. He just needed somebody to point him in the right direction. But unfortunately, he fell out the window. Now, he was like, the, like most of us. Eutychus wasn't a bad person. He was living good. He was eating good. His kids were nice and healthy, going to school. I mean, he even had a couple of dollars in the bank. Nice car, beautiful home. I mean, man was living a good life. He just had one problem. Somebody had lied and told him that he had time. See, we don't have the time that we think we have. See, we come into church and I'm not getting down on you guys. I mean, I know Pastor Joe will clean this up later on. But I got to say what I got to say. Well, I got it. He'll clean it up. But I got to say it while I got the mic in my hand. In my hand. One of them, like the rappers do. Let me say it while I got the mic in my hand. Y'all like that? Let me start wrapping up in here. But anyway, he was, he was one of those guys. He wasn't a bad guy. We're not bad people. We've just gotten comfortable where we are. There's nothing bad about any of us. There's nothing wrong with living good. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. But there is something wrong when it's all about you. And it's not about God and God's work. There's, there's something wrong about that. That's where the problem comes in. And I believe each and every one of us, we want to, we're doing the best we can to do what we're called to do. Everybody in here, I, I watch this every once in a while when I come to sit up. Certain people do certain jobs, and that's the only job they do. Why not venture on the outside of your job and do something else? Help out somewhere else. It's all right. It's not going to hurt anybody. Just don't get comfortable in one area. 
I mean, there's a lot of work in this place to do, and we're trying to move Antioch West forward. And we can't do it without you. So if you get comfortable, how's the work going to get done? If you get comfortable, how in the world is the, is the loss going to be won? If you get comfortable. We just cannot get comfortable where we are. So this guy, Eutychus, let me tell you something. This man, I loved him. I loved the story. Because although he was sitting in the window and he fell, he, had a, he told a story be, by just being present in the church. And his story was, I'm here. I'm tired, but I'm here. Use me in whatever way you have to. Use me in whatever way you need me. I'm tired, but I'm okay. Now, I told you that somebody had lied to him and told him that he had time. It reminds me of a story that I once heard. Y'all going to laugh at this one. There was a story of the hare and the tortoise. Anybody ever heard that story? You ain't hear it like I'm going to tell it. You're there right now. It's about the hare and the tortoise. The old hare decided, man, that he was running around bragging, talking about, man, I'm the fastest thing out here. I'm a bad man. Can't nobody whip me. I can outrun everybody out here. The tortoise got tired of hearing this dude brag. And the old tortoise said, all right, man, I'll race you. So they set a date to get out there and run. And when they set that date, and that date came, they got on that starting line. When that gun sounded, the hair took off. Shoom. And I mean, man, he, went, he, he was gone so far out of sight, nobody could see Old tortoise was on the line. So the hare was so far ahead of him that he decided that he would take a break. Because he had time. He had time, man. You know where in the world the tortoise could catch up to him? He had time. Well, while he was sleeping, The tortoise walked past him. And when he woke up, the race was over. The tortoise had won the race. I want you to think about it. While he was sleeping, he had time. I pray today that while we are asleep, that God don't come back. I pray today that while we're asleep, that nothing changes. I pray today that while this church sleeps, that God will still have mercy on us. That's my prayer for us today. While we are sleeping, we think that nothing's going to change. But don't think for one minute that while you sleep, that the world is not still going on as it normally does. People are still dying and going to hell 
while we are sleeping. The tortoise walked past the hare because he never closed his eyes. He just kept moving. The hare, when he woke up, the race was over. I pray when you wake up that God had mercy on you. I pray that when you wake up that the race is not over. All I'm going to say to you today is don't be like the hare and think that you have time because we don't. Now, this young man that fell out of the window, he had a unique name. His name was Eutychus, and his name meant fortunate. He was fortunate that when he woke up, his life was still the same. Paul went down and laid on top of him and prayed for him, and he got up, and he went about his business. How many of us are going to be able to get up and go about our business? Is your name fortunate? Do your name mean fortunate? If it doesn't, don't think that we have time because we're not at that point. I'm making a plea to you today. And my plea is please don't get comfortable where you are. There's some work that needs to be done, folks. There's some things that's going undone in this church that we need done. There are a lot of things. And if you don't have a ministry and you really want to get into ministry, please come and see this man. Please come and see him. Because there's a lot of things that's going undone in the church. Now, I pray today that the little bit that I've said has spunked you just a little. Now, is there, I'm going to ask this question, and Brother Dan, I shouldn't ask this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How many of y'all feel that you would love to be in the ministry? In the ministry, doing something purposely, doing something that, 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 that can advance this church. How many of y'all want to do that? Three people. We got four people. Rest of y'all already in the ministry? Don't be scared. I mean, this is not a trick question. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it, was, it wasn't a trick question. <laughs> I understand that you took it as a trick. It wasn't a trick question. Let me tell you something. We have a job for you. I'm going to talk for me now. I'm finished with the Uticus. I'm going to talk for Tino. We got a program. Pastor Joel says it's called Go, if, go For Right Now. And we want to go out and we want to reach the lost. I want to add some people to your small group. And I need help doing it. I can't do this by myself. And Sister Lori, she's willing to help me. Her and I, we're only two people. We can't reach Anne Arundel County alone. And we need somebody. We need somebody. We need some bodies to sign your name on the dotted line. So I'm sending out a plea today. 
for some of you to sign your name on the dotted line. Now, the way that I envision doing it, I know a lot of people don't like doing it because, man, I ain't knocking no doors. Neither am I. I don't win souls by knocking doors. I haven't knocked doors, man, since 2002, somewhere around in there. All mine is by word of mouth. And word of mouth is I'll, I'll go to a grocery store and I'll use my personality on somebody. i walk up to them while they're in the grocery line and I'll say, hey, those beats that you got, what are you going to do? How are you going to cook those? Because I like to know how to cook those beats. And we'll strike up a conversation right there about how to cook beets. I'm just being, I'm being honest with you. I'm telling you how I win souls. I go, I go to a grocery store and I'll see somebody, I'll walk the whole store until God leads me to somebody. And I'll say, hey, how you cook those beets? And we'll strike up a conversation on how to cook beets. And the next thing you know, I get my little pinch in there. Now, we go from talking about beets to small groups. See, I don't start them in the church. I tell them about our, our, home, our home groups. I'm just telling you what I do. I tell them about our home groups and how the home groups are working. See, because when you start telling people about home groups, you're in their comfort zone. When you start talking about church, oh, I already go to a church. And they go the other way. So I start talking about the small groups. And next thing you know, give me an address. Well, tell, okay, well, uh, let's, me and you, let's me and you go out to lunch first. Don't be afraid to spend money on somebody. You'll get it all back. It's okay. I'll spend a few dollars on somebody. And if you don't have a few dollars when you're talking and you want to take somebody out to lunch, call me. I'll give it to you because it's a soul. So I'll go that route. Or well, another way that I'll do it, I'll go to the gym. Can't tell it. Yeah, I need to walk on. Uh, that's right. I ain't say I work out. I say I just go to the gym. <laughs> I'll go to the gym. Oh, yeah, man. I put my little sweatpants on. Put my Under Armour tennis shoes on. I'll be dressed. I'll be Under Armour dressed. I even sometimes put an Under Armour headband on. I'm telling you, when I go to the gym, I'm looking good. Don't be envious of me. Get your own style. But I'll go to the gym. I'm praying while I'm there. Of course, I get on the treadmill. And I'm praying. And I'm looking around while I'm praying. And I see somebody else. They have the headphones in. And it don't look like they're singing anything. It look like they're praying. So I'll come up off the treadmill. I've walked about a minute. That's enough. Hey, hey man, I'm telling you what works for me. I'll come up off the treadmill, a little bit of sweat running down my face. I don't wipe it. I want them to think I was working out. I'll get up off the treadmill, go down where they are. I say, 
Hey. Man, I'll tell you. Saw you working out. Look like you. What you listening to? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, listening to Hotel California. Oh, man, look like you was praying. Well, if you're listening to Hotel California, you have to pray. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, my bad. Oh, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I said, well, if you feel that you ever need to pray. Oh, yeah, man, well, everybody needs to pray. Well, let's do it now then. Oh, can we wait till friends working out? Man, better time to do it now. Because if I get back on the treadmill, I'll be too tired to pray. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I do it. This ain't how you do it. I'm telling you how I do it. Well, anyway, so we, we'll kick up a conversation. And we'll start praying right there. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. I, we don't go out behind a building or anything like that. He probably still had the weights in his hand. Trying to lift. I'm holding the bar down praying. <laughs> I'm just being real with you. That's how I do it. So it's not going out knocking doors. It's not going out, it's not going out, you know, passing out flyers or anything like that. How many of y'all got family members that you can't reach? You got them? Call me. Hey, I got a way to get them in here or to a small group. You ain't got, look, let me tell you, I'll take the burden off your back. Let me have them. Because one thing God has gifted me with is the gift of gab. Oh, I can talk now. I'll get them. Believe you me. I know. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. I told you all today I didn't want to ramp and rave on this message. I did that on purpose. I could ramp and rave on this purpose and, and keep you all awake. I know I bored you to death. But I'm going to tell you straight up. I could preach this message a whole different way, but you have to. I wanted to get across what I'm trying to say, and I pray that I'm doing it. I'm, I'm praying that I'm doing it. Now, Pastor Joe probably would never let me in the pulpit again, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Like I told you, man, look, 10, 15 minutes, I'm good. Now, who's going to thank me when I leave here today? Oh, brother, we thank you for your, we're glad to see you preach. Yeah, I know you are. 15 minutes. But getting back, so I'm not, gonna, I'm not one of those guys that go out and pass out notices. I'm not one of those guys that go door knock. Even when it comes down to my own family members, every time I see one of them, I got a brother who's not in church right now. There's nothing that can scare him into the church. Nothing. I'm being honest with you. Y'all can take bazooka guns over there and point it at him. He ain't come to church. Let me tell you a story about this young man. And I'm going to tell you what I did. The Lord spoke to me one day and told me to go to his house. And he said, I want you to go to your house and talk to your brother, but do not go through the door. I said, okay, God. You ain't don't go through the door. How am I going to win a soul when I can't go through the door? See, I tell you, there's a danger in not, not listening to what God says. Because things don't work out for you when you don't do things like he said. Well, I got to the door. And I knew what God had told me, but I just thought it was crazy not to go through the door. So I went through the door, sat down on the sofa, and I told him what thus said the Lord. And I told him, I said, man, God said, if you don't start going to church, if you don't give him some time, he said, 
you're going to lose your wife. Your kids are going to be scattered. And you're going to, and, and, and things, are, things are, I'll just put it this way, things are not going to go well for you. This is what he said to me. He said, brother, I'll be at church tomorrow. This was on a Saturday. He said, I'll be at church tomorrow. I said, okay. I already knew in my heart, man, that the man wasn't coming to church. I knew it. Right. I mean, that's my brother. I knew him. I knew he wasn't coming. But I just had this little bit of hope because God told me to go. But I did this one particular thing God told me not to do. That's why it's very important when you're out winning souls to do exactly what you are told to do. Do exactly what you're told to do. So I go to him. So I leave his house. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, he has lost his whole family. Lost his job. He was in the pits. A couple of months later, I was in prayer. And the Lord spoke to me and told me to go back and tell him that he was going to restore him sevenfold. This was a demonstration to let you know that I am God. So I went back and I told him, I said, God said he's going to restore you sevenfold. He's going to give you your job back, bring your family back to you. And I said, and going to give you a better home than what you had. And sure enough, God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, I told you that story because if that had happened to anybody else, they would have been sitting on these seats. But when it's done with a family member, you can't win them. No matter what happens, it's hard for you to win a family member. That's why you call Brother Tino. <laughs> hey, man, I'm your man. Call me. If you can't win a family member and you really want to see your family saved, call on Brother Tino. Because let me tell you something. I don't know what, what kind of favor I've found in the eyes of God. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you the truth. But God uses me to, to talk to people and to at least, if we can't get them in church or get them in a small group, to at least put a word in their heart that they'll understand who he is. See, you see, the person who plants, you ain't nothing. The person who waters, you ain't nothing. Just because you planted a seed don't, and you see somebody sitting in the church, don't think you did it. You ain't do nothing. The person who watered, just because you went back and watered that seed, don't think that you see them in the church, don't think you're anything because you're not anything. It's God who gives the increase. That's, that's who gives, God gives the increase. He's the only one that's going to get the glory. So what I'm trying to tell you with this Go program is we're going to go out and we're going to plant, we're going to water, and we're going to look for God to give the increase. How about that? Can we, is that all right? Now, I know I'm, a, I'm past my time. I told y'all, man, that I was, you finished in 30 minutes. I, I ain't doing too bad, am I? Okay. Pastor Joe, if I let him go now, man, you ain't going to get up here and talk for the next 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I love my pastor, man. I'm just saying, all, all I'm saying to you is this. We're going to have, I don't, are we putting out sign-up sheets? How are we doing this? We have to set that original date. 
Okay, we're going to set an original date. When that date comes up, I, I, I'm serious. I, I, I'm, I'm pleading. I expect to see some names on there. Because the same way you're sitting in here gazing at me with heavy eyes, somebody else would like to fill these five seats sitting here with heavy eyes. Or those four seats over there. Or those two seats back there. We need people in here. We need warriors. We need people. We need soldiers in God's army. And now is the time to get all that done. So I hope I haven't bored you with my little story about Eutychus. And I hope I haven't bored you with my plea to go, for go. I apologize to the people that I asked to stand up. If I offended you, I apologize. But I think you're going to be all right. I need you to do me one more favor before I put the mic down. Can you hunch the person next to you and tell them, wake up? All right. Thank you. Praise God. Brother Tino, and he, he, you can blame him. He left me a few minutes on the bone here, so just you can blame him. He touched on something that's been sort of pinging on me the last couple of months, and he said it in sort of the premise behind, behind what he was trying to get across that the Lord was trying to get across in here today. I stood this week, and uh, somebody I just mentioned it not that long ago, before Brother Tino began, we we were just in North American Youth Congress. It's a, an event that's been going on, I don't know, 30 years or longer by now. And it, it's a every other year event, and it's grown and significantly. Now it's started in convention centers and moved to basketball arenas, and then that got too small. Now it, they're moving to football stadiums. And so I stood. It was an amazing experience, and there's someone in this room. To stand in a room like that, that many people, 40,000 people, and see that was pretty amazing from one standpoint. But I was standing there, and, and this is not a critique on the, on the moment, so don't take it, I'm critiquing it. But I just stood there, and I was observing this, and, I, and, I, and this thought came to me, and it was this, that anybody can have a moment, but it takes something special to have a movement. It's not a knock on, on the event, so don't take this as a critique on the event. But you know what? We can gather 40,000 people together every other year and pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, we're having a moment. But what's more important is, are we going to have a moment or a movement? Because a movement connotates something beyond just a moment. You've heard of the term one-hit wonders where a band writes a hit song and that song races to the top of the charts, but then after a while, that's all they ever did and they become known as the one-hit wonders. And it takes, it's a different than being able to write a hit song and have a career that spans generation after generation where you're able to sing songs that continue to reach the charts. And, 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 and my concern is, is that we allow all that God's done in the last 18 months to just be a moment when God's trying to take us and create a movement. 
And Brother Tino said it. He said, the danger is falling asleep. And here's the concern that has been in my spirit for the last couple of months. And I'm glad he was the one that said it so I can say, well, he said it and I'll just jump on with him. Since I'm always the one sort of been out there, I'm going to use him for once as a shield. Brother Tino said it. And that is this, is that we have to be cautious that we create a new normal. And here it is, is the fact that we have done so many things now that is different and God's challenging in this area and challenging us in this area and we're expanding this and we went from doing this to now we're doing that and we're doing it. And in the beginning it was exciting and in the beginning I remember we started having UTB on Sunday morning at 9.45 and, and man there was people here and it was... A lot of you showed up month after month after month at 945 and you sat there and then we had 11 o'clock worship and, and it was wonderful. But then after a while, it just became the normal. And when the normal starts becoming the normal, then as Brother Tino said, we start to fall asleep. And the concern in all this is, is that God's not called Antioch West to have a moment. But I believe that he's called us to be a movement. Not so that we could put the spotlight on us, so that we could pat ourselves on the back and we can say, look what we've done. But God is looking for a group of people that is willing to take a step out of the boat and say, if you keep your eyes on me and you look to me, I'll take you somewhere. But the danger is what's just said, as Brother, Brother Tino said, is the danger is this, is that if we allow ourselves to let all the abnormal become normal. Well, it's just small groups. We've been doing those for a while now. It's just, it's just small groups. That's all it is. It's just small groups. Well, it's just Sunday morning. It's just, it's what it is. It's, well, just another teaching, another, another discipleship thing. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we're, we're supposed to do this. Yeah, well, I know. We've been doing that for a while. And all of a sudden now, discipleship becomes normal. And, and all of this becomes normal. And, and you know what? For 380 people watching Jesus ascend into heaven became normal. But there was 120 that said, we don't want to be satisfied with a moment when we see him sin, but we're willing to pray until we have a movement. 380 watched a moment and became normal with a moment, but there was a group that decided we're not satisfied with a moment, but we want to create a movement. And when the Lord spoke that into my spirit, standing there in that crowd, when it was thundering in that moment, it was amazing. There was times where the the people worshiping and it was you could barely hear yourself think it was that much noise and praise going on but the thing is i'm going this how awesome this would be but you know what if i started going there every sunday it'd be cool for a while but then you know a year from now well i go to church with forty thousand other people it's what we do and the moment that that becomes the normal It just becomes just what we do. And you just turn off your faith, you turn off your hunger, and you just start to just get back into the checkbox mode of where a lot of us shook ourselves out of. Three songs, offering, and a message. Three songs, offering, and a message. Three song, and I'm not knocking that. Please, I'm not saying that's wrong. We just had three, two songs and offering. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that when 
when that becomes the normal and then all of a sudden now you show up expecting it's just going to be normal and you don't engage and you go through the motions and you go to small group and now small groups just become the normal and you don't go in and there's no engaging there's no communication there's no back and forth as brother tino says there's no hunger there's no desire to see god and then small group leader when your group becomes your normal Forgive me for a second. Everyone else can just take 10 seconds. Small group leader, when your group, going to your group becomes your normal. We're tired. We're human beings. We have this treasure and earthen vessel. I get it. But when you go and it's just another Sunday. Well, I'm tired. I got a lot of stuff going on in my life. A lot of problems, a lot of difficulties. Let's just get through this. And when that becomes the normal, we undermine everything we're doing. And it doesn't matter how extraordinary something is, it's a danger when the extraordinary becomes ordinary. Do you know what's crazy? And forgive me, I'm almost, I I promise, it's only 11.36. Come on, folks. Work with me for five. I at least got nine minutes. I'm I'm fascinated here by the space program. I've just been something as a kid I was fascinated with. So I've watched every documentary and all that stuff. And a lot of you... Maybe you didn't know this, and some of you did, but just a few weeks ago, July 20th, was the 50th anniversary of man walking on the moon. And, and there is some really fascinating stuff they'd come out with lately, and I was going back and reading and watching stuff, and just all the space program, and it was amazing when John Kennedy said that it was the desire for America to put a man on the moon in this decade... That in 1963, we barely could get off the ground. And 400,000 people and billions of dollars was spent. But what was amazing was this. Is that we sent a human being on a tin can. 270,000 miles out into space. With the computing power of an iPhone basically. And all the world stopped on July 20th, 1969, as Neil Armstrong stepped off the ladder of the lunar lander and said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The world stood in amazement. But you know what's amazing? By the time Apollo 17 was there, the world had forgotten it. They had more missions planned. They had more money. They want to spend more things they want to do. In fact, it took, and some of you don't know this, some of you, I, I lose you when I go into history, so time out for a second. It took the disaster of Apollo 13 where three men almost died just to get the world to pay attention. That the moon, moon, the moon landing, taking a man and putting him on the moon just became the normal. On to something else. Have you watched TV lately? You see the nonsense they have to come up with to get you to watch? They've got stuff now. The stuff they're coming up with, shows they're coming up with. It's like, are you serious? That's what we've come down to? Because that's what has to keep. Because you know what? You can't just put something normal and capture the attention. I mean, it's crazy nowadays, but you, you see somebody, the circus shut down because it became the normal. Because now if you have a YouTube and a GoPro camera, you can put all that stuff. So to see somebody walk a tightrope, it was like, yeah, we've watched that on YouTube, except some Russian dude was up on them, some tower, 1,600 feet in the air. 
It's just the normal. And that's the danger of humanity. And here's the danger is what God's trying to do with Antioch West is bigger than a moment. And if we're not careful, we're going to slip back into some old familiar ways. Because it's just normal when God is trying to take us to some place that we can't even imagine. I know it's summer. I get it. I get it. It's summer. I get it. I understand that. Summertime. We're in that mode right now where we're just getting through the summer. and We're trying to just think about the last moments of vacation or Maybe you haven't gone on vacation and you're ready to go on vacation. Maybe this summer you're not going to get a vacation and you envy those who are going on vacation. And it's just summertime. And, and I get that. I, I, God gets that. He says our frame is just dust. He knows our weaknesses. But you know what? The Lord spoke it in here today. The danger in falling asleep. There's a danger I don't feel like we're there yet, but I feel like if we're not careful, it would be easy to fall back into it. Is the danger in the fact that the abnormal becomes normal. Yes, there's a familiarity that is set in, and that's okay to a degree. There's a familiarity and a comfort with the fact that, you know, I remember, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. I remember the first Sunday night that we, when we started small groups, the first Sunday night I was sitting at home. I thought I was, I was lost. I felt like I was going straight to hell. I've been going to church Sunday night for 37 years. And I remember the first night sitting home Sunday night going, my God, am I even saved? And I get it. it would, we, that's not the point. The point I'm trying to make is, is that it was abnormal to me and, and I was passionate. But the problem is now, we're 18 months into it. What are we going to be in? 24 months, 36 months, 48 months, 60 months. We did not come this far to come this far. We have not done this to do this. This is a step at where God's taking us. This is a progression of where God's taking us. But I, if, if you have nothing here, if you if you've remember nothing of anything, I hope there's something beating in your spirit. Because you know what? That, that young man, what's really sad is there should have been somebody sitting next to him or standing next to him. When they saw him start to drift, they would have said, hey, hey, watch it, man. You're getting, it's a little dangerous. I wouldn't fall asleep on that window. Where was the brother or sister that said, hey, hey, that's a little dangerous. I wouldn't, you look a little heavy. Why don't you stand up? Those of you back from the meet and manifest days, right? About Thursday when you got the glassy eye and nobody said anymore. It was just a line of people all around the outside because Bishop Wright was on like point number 732 at hour 99 of his teaching. And you just were like at the point where you just, your brain completely shut off. And so the line was, but that's how people were staying awake. Where was the young, where was the man or the woman next to Eutychus that would have said, Hey, listen, man, listen, you, we, we need you. You, we can't afford for you to fall asleep. You know what? Yes, you need to wake up, but we need brothers and sisters that love us enough not to 
kick us, but to say, hey, we're in this together. You might want to wake up because you're in a dangerous spot. Where's the small group leader that has a burden because you've been praying that when you go to small group, you say, hey, small group, we can't afford to fall asleep. We can't do it. It's one thing for me to say it from here, but if it's not echoed this afternoon, it means nothing. I can preach it, I can teach it, I can yell it, I can smell it, I can do whatever you want from here. But if it's not echoed this afternoon, it doesn't get through. I don't believe God has called us to have a moment. I believe God's called us to lead a movement. And I'm not talking about a movement where we're going to have people following us and calling us. and That's not the point. I'm meaning a movement where it's bigger than, than just the fact, oh, we do small groups. It's bigger than the fact, oh, we do this. But there's something beyond that. I'm telling you, folks, God is doing things that you don't even realize is happening. Because we're not talking about it. And some of the stuff that's happening, you can't, you can't say it publicly. But there's some stuff that's happening under the surface. And you know what? It's getting into some people's. It's, 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 it's getting rattled in some people's cages. And, you know, they're questioning things. And they're starting to get a little frustrated and a little feedback. But you know what? God hasn't called us to have a moment. God's called us to have a movement. And the difference between a moment and a movement is when you have a moment, you move on. But a movement is something beyond just an emotional deal. Because you know what? We've been saying this more and more and more and more and more. And I'm glad what Brother Tino said. He said, you need to get up here and rah, rah. Nothing wrong with that. He can get with it. I can get with it. We can get with it. It's not, it's not, right? it's not, not the fact we have to stand up here stoically. That's not the point. But the point is we can't rely on emotion to produce this. Because emotion breeds a movement. I mean, a moment. But it's belief that breeds a movement. Emotion creates a moment. You can't have a marriage on a moment. You know why the divorce rate's 50% in this country? Because too many people get married on a moment. The way they looked at me, the way I looked at them, the way I felt, that's a moment. But marriage is not built on a moment. Marriage is a movement. It goes beyond the moment. You know what? Emotion breeds a moment. But it's belief that breeds a movement. And you know what? We're not trying to create a moment where we get your rah-rah. Yes, let's go do it. Yes. And we're all, yes. But it's the fact is, what are we building this on? We're building this off the word of God and the belief that what we're doing goes beyond just an emotion. But what we're doing comes straight out of the book. And once you see it in the book, There is no turning back. How can you turn away from what God's shown you in the book? So if you haven't seen it, then you need to say, God, I don't want to just be a part of a moment, but Lord, show me so I can see it. Because if we're not careful, and I'm really, I I say this and I'm I'm done. I really am. I'm I'm not trying to 
be one of those preachers where I close 16 times. I'm telling you this, I felt this for the last couple of months in the soberness of the Holy Ghost. I'm very concerned that there is a handful of you in this room that are not going to make the trip all the way. It's not because you don't love God. It's not because you don't, you don't care. It's not because you've, you're rebelling. It's not any of, the, any of that. It's just the fact that you're just too comfortable in the normal. And I'm afraid that there's going to be a group and I'm, I purposely close my eyes because I'm not looking around because I don't want someone to think I'm calling you out. If the Lord is calling you out, that's on you. But I'm afraid there are some of you and, and there are some, there's a, there's a handful of people in this room that I'm really concerned that you are going along to get along, but it hasn't gotten down in here yet. It sounds good and you've gone here because you know what? I ended up at Antioch West and you know, we're just going along. That's what we do. And it's just, you know, Antioch West and it's that, you know, Joel's just crazy and he does crazy stuff and you know, he's just, he's an out of the box guy. So we'll just go along. That's, that doesn't work. That doesn't work because the problem is if that's the way you think, then that's not going to go very far. And there's a handful of you. I don't feel like it's gotten all the way down inside your soul, inside your belief system. And the concern I have is, is that you're not going to be willing to go where God's taking us. Because if you think we're done right here, then you don't know God. If you think God brought us all the way out here, not knocking this, and I'm, she's up here, so I can say this and, and, and give honor. I am so thankful that when we started here three years ago, Sister Naria was the principal of this school. She opened the door. We came here. It's been wonderful. But I don't believe God called us out of Arnold to end up in Crofton. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give you a fearless leader chant. I don't know where the next step is. But I know God's not done yet. I don't believe God brought us out of here so that we could just say, well, we're not in Arnold anymore. We're in Crofton. Isn't it wonderful? That's not what I believe God's trying to do. I believe it's bigger than that. And you know what? We've come this far, but God's not going to stop with where we come this far. But is there anybody that can stand to your feet and say, you know what? I'm not interested in being a part of a moment, but I'm willing to take a ride on the movement. And we're going to do this here for, and as we close, I want you to grab the hand of the person standing next to you. Put your hand on the shoulder if you don't want to hold their hand. But I want you to pray and say, God, I want you to pray for your brother and sister. They're going to pray for you. You pray for them. Because you know what? If there was somebody there that day that could have prayed for Eutychus, he wouldn't have fallen out the window. But you know, the problem is he had isolated himself and the church had let him get isolated. But if you're in this room today, we need you and you matter to God. Come on, let's take a moment right now. Father, every person in this room my brother my sister I lift them up before you Jesus Lord you know their steps you know their frame I speak in the name of Jesus let faith rise in every heart in this place let faith rise in our hearts today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ rise up faith in this place rise up faith in this house in the name of Jesus God let us look to you who is the author and the finisher of our faith that we'd not be satisfied with with a moment, but there would be a hunger inside of us, way down in the depth of our soul, that we would be a part of a movement, a movement that goes beyond just
just a moment, but God, a movement that reaches out into every corner of this area and draws and reaches and becomes the reflection of Christ that you called us to be. Come on, Christianity is a moment, but discipleship is a movement. Come on, God hasn't called us to be good Christians. He called us to be disciples. And disciples are a movement. Disciples are a movement. Disciples making disciples is a movement. It's beyond just the moment of Christianity. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let faith rise in this room today, Father. Let faith, I bind every spirit of doubt. I bind every spirit of weariness. I bind every spirit of unbelief. I bind every spirit of complacency. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind it in Jesus' name. I lose faith. I lose hunger in Jesus' name. I lose faith. I lose hunger in Jesus' name. Rise up in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I've, I've sat, listened, heard, as long as I can remember probably. Man of God, woman of God. Always say, it's our time. It's our time. It's our time. This is our time. And it feels like a dog chasing a tail. We've been chasing time for 30 years. I don't believe it's our time at Antioch West because time connotates a start and an end. I believe this is bigger than our time. This is us. This is not a moment. I don't believe... We're getting ready to step into, and you have, you've, I've been very cautious, very cautious of the terminology and the rhetoric that I've spoken across this pulpit. I have not said from this pulpit, we're about to step into revival, season of revival, because that's what it is. It's a season. I'm not looking for a season. He didn't say add it to the church daily for the fall. He added to the church daily for the winter. He added to the church daily in the spring. He added to the church daily. That didn't have an end date on it. It was just added to the church daily. We're not going to have a three-day, three-night revival. Let's bring somebody in and let's see it. Because you know what? We're not looking for a moment. I'm getting to, I want to get to the point where every single day, every day, there's somebody that's finding Jesus. There's somebody that's finding the power and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? That's not a moment. That's a movement. 
I'm looking to the day where we're so excited about what God's doing beyond just the moment because you know what? Come to church. Well, that's a moment. Be the church. That's a movement. Come to church. Experience a moment. Be the church. That's a movement. God has not called Antioch West to have church. God's called Antioch West to be the church. That's why I'm so thankful we're in this room and right now we have no plans or no no time limit on when God's going to give us a building because it's not about a moment. It's about a movement. And until we embrace that, I don't believe God's going to take us one step further. We'll be setting up chairs from now until Jesus comes if that's what it takes to create a movement and not a moment because we're not supposed to go to church we're supposed to be the church. We are church. We're the church. And I believe we've done so much. And I, we're, we're getting so close. But there's still a little bit in us that says we're going to go to church. That's the church. No, we are the church. This afternoon, guess what's going to happen? We're going to have the church at the Jolin's house. We're going to have the church at the Nielsen's house. We're going to have the church at, an, at, at peak. We're going to have the church at the Ingram's house. That's where the church is going to be because the church is not confined or defined by a building. We are the church. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you're the church. And it doesn't mean your nose looks like a steeple. You're the church. You're the church. We have been called to be the church. Now here's the problem, and here's the, here's the final word. If we're gonna be the church, we've gotta go be the church. So when you leave out of here, guess what? Be the church. If we, maybe we'll have to do that. We'll have to put on a sign, whatever building we end up in, be the church. We're not going into the mission field. We're not going into the harvest. We are the church. Wherever we go, it's the church. Am I right? Thank you. I appreciate that. I miss my amen, buddy. It made me feel better. You're getting quiet back there. We're the church. Father, thank you for this wonderful group of people you've called us to be. Thank you for every person you've put in this place. I thank you for their strengths, and I thank you for their weaknesses. I thank you for every imperfect person in this room because, God, we all are needing to be saved by grace. I pray, Lord, that you would empower us to be the church, that we would not walk out of here just to walk out of this room to bring people on a rescue mission back in this room, but we would walk out of here to be the church that you've called us to be. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Would you clap your hands one more time? Amen. Praise God. Make sure you shake somebody's hand. Help us with the chairs and the carpets. God bless you.